Welcome everybody to the Game Junction Podcast. We want to let you know this week that we are sponsored by TimelessGamer.net. TimelessGamer.net offers tons of video game articles. They're constantly putting out new articles and different things about gaming, um, always updating us on new things that they find out. So one of their topics for this week that we really liked was E3. They talked about Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony will not be at E3 this year. So, who is going to be the headliner, the showrunner for E3? What are they going to have to offer? Go to TimelessGamer.net to check more about this article. And thank you again for sponsoring us. Awesome people. We definitely appreciate it. Yes. So, welcome back, everyone, to another Game Junction podcast. So, here we have a special guest today. So, over here we have Brandon. We have me, Gamer Aimer. And we have Mysticles. So let's just go ahead and give a big warm welcome and thank you for joining us. <laughs> hey, how you doing, everybody? Happy to be here. Been waiting a little while to come on. Definitely. We yeah. do appreciate it. We're just so thankful to have you on this week. So pretty sure. much we'll just go ahead and jump you know, jump right into it. So who are you? And let's learn a little bit more about you for the viewers. What is it that you do and what type of content creation do you make? Uh, well, I mainly focus on retro gaming. Uh, I've only been creating content for about six months now. First video I uploaded to YouTube was October 17, 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the six months I've been doing it, it's been a crazy ride. You know, there's so much to learn, so much to find out when it comes to making videos, editing, using editing software, <laughs> um, figuring out how to use the hardware in the most efficient way to, to make your videos. And uh, it's been pretty crazy, you know. Um, the months leading up to me deciding to uh, start making content, probably about six months or so before, you know, I decided to pull the trigger, start buying the equipment, you know what I mean, start figuring out how I'm going to best set up uh, the different areas where I capture my retro HD consoles and... Um, you know, it's been a crazy ride. The uh, retro community through Facebook and YouTube and Discord has been super, you know, super supportive the whole way. So I've had such a <laughs> an amazing time, really, going through this journey. And before uh, 2022, I was never even on Facebook. You know, I was pretty much a loner in the gamer world. I pretty much just went, got the games I wanted to play, played them. You know, me and my friends play them, and that's pretty much it. So in the last two years, you know, getting into Facebook and seeing all the different groups and communities of gamers that are out there and getting to be a part of it, not only as a content consumer, but as a content creator, it's really been an amazing journey so far. Yeah, well, definitely. Definitely. It's a, right yeah, it's a, it's a, it can be a, you know, crazy journey. It's like a, it's a very interesting journey. So Definitely happy, you know, to hear that the community has been supportive because they, you know, they, they've generally been pretty supportive for us as well. And I love to see it. That's what it's all about. So that's great to hear. Yeah, I, lo- I love working and uh, talking to everybody in the Game Junction Lounge. You know, everyone in there is super nice. I don't think I see negativity like hardly ever. And uh, throughout, I'm probably in like 40 different retro gaming groups. And uh, it's not very often when anybody makes a big fuss about anything. So uh, it's been pretty nice. And like I said, 
Yeah, I've only been been in it for like a couple, couple of years, so I know everybody's experience is going to be different. But uh, I'm super happy for how it's gone for me so far, and I'm super appreciative for you guys letting me come on here and kind of you know promote my you know channel and myself and you know, everything that's been going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what it's all about. Got to support each other, and we're we're big about that. So yeah, and we do appreciate you coming on. We know that you know, what it's like to create content as well. And we definitely appreciate that. We want to encourage anyone. So I think you kind of answered some of our other questions. Um, you said that you have a YouTube channel. Um, do you do any other types of, you know, I guess social media or where can other people find you? Uh, No, not really. Pretty much literally just on YouTube, Mysticles. Uh, I have a Facebook, you know, it's a uh, real Hazuki and it's not really my absolute personal Facebook. I kind of mingle it in between, you know, cause I, I also, uh, do, uh, logo creations and different video creation stuff on Fiverr, but I don't, I don't really promote it on there or anything. So pretty much just YouTube. I'm, pr I'm still pretty new to it. I haven't went through and did, I thought about going through and didn't doing the restream and, you know, making Twitch accounts and all everything like that. I'm just not really there yet. I'm not opposed to it. Probably doing it before too long. Yeah, definitely. And, um, speaking of that, we have a couple people in the chat already. So we have a bunch of people already supporting us. We have Carl Peterson saying, howdy all. We have Marcus. So my buddy over at the video game votary, he said, Hi, guys. Then we even have David Jones saying Brandon. And we have Thinking Inside the Box. Hello, guys. So it looks like we have quite a bit already. And we'll just go ahead and jump into some more questions here. Yep. What kind of got you into making YouTube videos, creating content, kind of getting involved in, like, the social media aspect around games? Well... Before COVID, I never even really used YouTube anything other than like, you know, how to's and listening to music. So when COVID hit, you know, I spent a lot more time inside. I fit, kind of discovered this whole world of gaming and retro gaming and everything in between on YouTube. You know, I was like, wow, this is crazy. I never even knew people were doing this sort of thing, you know, believe it or not, in 2019, you know, and um after watching for a couple of years, you know, not real often, but I've always felt like, man, I wish they would have mentioned this topic or, man, I wish yeah. they would have mentioned that, you know what I mean? Or maybe uh, gone about, you know, saying something in a slightly different way that might have been more appealing to a more wider audience or something, you know what I mean? Sure. And yeah. over that, you know, going over that and, you know, <laughs> you know. Thinking about how different ways how I could present the content, I was like, man, I like to try doing that. And uh, in August of 2022, I got my first video editing software. Started started making small videos, you know what I mean. And uh, I started getting recording my capture footage, and you know, I was linking the two together and started to do a lot more after that. It it was fun. I enjoyed the you know the video the creative video editing process, you know what I mean, and. Uh, after that, I was like, man, you know, I kind of want to make a channel, you know what I mean? That's kind of how I got here. Yeah, it's pretty cool that, you know, whenever someone enjoys the whole, you know, editing type of stuff, because some people, they just want to do things, and then they don't really want to experience that part of, of the job. Any of the back-end stuff. Yeah, yeah that yeah. can be, like, the most time-consuming and, you know, frustrating thing. So if you're, you know, enjoying it, that's that's great, because... 
you know, some people it's that can be a little bit frustrating at times, but it's always oh, like, it, it goes both ways. You know, when it, when the editing you know is going well, I'm enjoying it. When I spend you know 45 minutes on one scene and it looks like crap, then I'm not enjoying it so much. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I I mean I I don't disagree with you. You're already one step ahead if you just generally enjoy the editing process. Because mm-hmm. I mean, once you expand and you're like oh let me put in some other tricks and let me do these crazy transitions that are doing all these different you know video tricks and trying to edit those it yeah. just gets it, it can get difficult for sure so I love and it's that. just as big, big of a learning process as you know you know making content you know you feel like people may want to see or you know presenting it in a way you feel like people may want to see you know, I, there's been a lot of hours, you know, on YouTube with the exact video editor, you know, people I use, they they have their own channel and uh, they, you know, teach you how to do it and everything. And a lot of hours, just as many hours have been on there has been, you know, creating the content itself and, you know, yep. getting the ideas for the content and, you know, retro hardware and all that jazz. For sure. It's like a never ending process. And it's like you're ne- always yeah, learning. Never ending. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Always, so, always a learning process with all of it. I mean, everything. From something new every week. <laughs> it is. I mean, learning about new video game stuff, but then incorporating like new stuff in your content and learning how to, you're like, I really liked what they did there. I want to do something like that. Then you got to uh-huh. go back and learn how they did that and then try to do it yourself, practice yeah. that, and hopefully incorporate it like into your content. So it's a lot more than people know or realize. Like they think, oh, these guys right. just record videos. Like they don't do anything, they just talk. Like it's and then not, it would take two seconds to do it. Yeah, and then two or, two, or, two or three of your softwares decide to update and change the whole display of everything. You're like, what? Why did you do this? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and it's, we have, it's wild. We have a couple more people kind of coming back in, and they're enjoying this topic. Uh, so we have Millennial Collector Ohio saying, hey, guys, happy Sunday. We even have Marcus again saying, let's go Game Junction. And then we have Jeremy saying 100% agree, talking about, I guess, content creation and um, editing. And then Carl Peterson, to do content creation, you really do need to cover a lot of bases, have a lot of separate skills, really in awe of the great job that y'all do with different uh, facets of it. And then we even have Jeremy saying, ain't that the truth? So Thank, thank you, guys. Definitely appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, really. Appreciate that. The social media part of it is where I fail in the biggest part. <laughs> it it's is hard. a grind. <laughs> it, it, there's a lot to it, and I only do Facebook, so I can I can only imagine what all you guys are doing. I, yeah, everything's constantly changing. Yeah, too. yeah, that's algorithm update, updates to the apps. Like, there's just an update that happened for. Okay, is it for? I don't remember if it's for Instagram or TikTok, but now if you add in like a, an effect, it automatically sets it for your full video. You can't like hold it and do it uh-huh. for sequences of your video. So you got to like go right. in and manually drag it in to where you're editing said thing. And then I'm like the past three of them. Like, I don't even want to mess with it. Like I, I'll just and then it, like it I flickers. Can, yeah. These weird flickers right. are happening after my Instagram. Flicker the whole video. Yeah, it did that the last the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I hate it. But I mean, they're I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I can't necessarily defend it. I don't know what they're doing. But there's it's always like people, updates. It's, it's like people who are updating it don't actually use it to edit edit videos or something. Like Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. No. They they're probably they're in an office or something. You know, don't care. <laughs> 
So talking about this joy of, you know, content creation, let's just go ahead and and dive into what are your first gaming memories? Like what kind of started you with this whole entire passion of of video games and then eventually kind of jumping towards content creation? Just your first gaming memories. Well, that's an easy one for me because I've I've known for a long time. And it's actually from what I can definitively call my first memory. Mm-hmm. So my first memory is walking up to a big old wooden zenith and sitting down and playing Frogger on the 2600. And I remember I remember it like it was yesterday. And we had the 2600, and I was probably maybe three at that point. So this is probably, this is probably 91. So, and maybe a couple years later, we got the Nintendo, and we had that for many years. And they've just, it's always been around. You know, when I was a kid, my parents were nice enough to always, you know, get the consoles. And we mainly rented, we didn't have a big big stack of games that we owned, but we, we rented and played most everything, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm not going to say most everything now, but that I knew about back then, you know, I didn't yeah. play the uh, Sega CD until I was probably 12 years old. And I, I didn't play a 32X till I was like 23. So, right. you know, but they've always been around and... Uh, you know, it's always been a good muse for me, you know, I mean, instead of, go- you know, once I became an adult, instead of going out, you know, to bars or doing anything like this, I like to stay home with my, you know, girlfriend or other friends, play some video games, watch some movies, you know, stuff like that. So it's just always been pretty much my go-to. I love yeah, it. Great to have, you know, someone who kind of grew up more so, I mean, I know Brandon has played the Atari 2600, but back in the day... I didn't really experience that until I guess like my older years, I would say. So it's it's really cool to hear someone else, you know, those big TVs. I remember those at my grandparents, you know, just just kind of hearing those stories and oh and yeah, it, that like crazy time. <laughs> it was a TV when it stopped working. You just went and got another one just like it. And put a, put a sheet over the old one and put the old, the new one right on top. You know, <laughs> I had a CRT as like my actual TV in two years. Until two years into the Wii U, <laughs> I still had one. Wow. Oh, yeah. I was using it with component cables. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But it was a Trinitron, and like about four years later, I was like, "Man, I wish I had that back. I wish I wouldn't have got rid of it." You know, they're right. everybody wants them now, and they're, they're great TVs. But yeah, I mean, I didn't complain. It looked looked great. So <laughs> I think I think it's hilarious. My uh, son, he's only two, but he'll come up in my game room because there's several TVs, and sometimes he'll be hanging out playing with his toys, watching something on one TV. I'll be hanging out playing a game, and uh, he'll be watching, you know, Super Y or something on a CRT, which is just so funny to see a little kid doing in 2023. You know, he's gonna grow up in that type of world. I think it's I think it's kind of cool. It's awesome. Yeah, what a simpler time, uh, a oh, better yeah. time, you know. <laughs> I miss the 90s. <laughs> we, we all do, for sure. It's like we didn't appreciate it either. We you didn't. know, we we kind of wanted to like rush through and see what the future would hold. We didn't appreciate our younger years. And here we are, you know, all grown adults trying to relive those memories. All, all we wanted to do is grow up, and now all we want to do is go back. Right. Isn't that the thing? When you're a kid, you, you don't have you know very many games, so you got all the time in the world. When you're an adult, you know, I mean, you finally get the means to get all the games, but then you got almost no time to play them all. <laughs> exactly, 100%. I can relate to what you were saying. We always, so I still got games. Like we, It was usually like birthday and Christmas type deal. Like right. There were occasionally stuff in between. Like, I don't know if I got a really good report card a couple of times. I would get maybe a game, but uh, we rented a lot. And I mean, I rented 
you know, we'd usually rent, there were, there's three of us, um, so my brother and sister, we'd rent like two games a weekend. We'd have those for the whole weekend. And I can remember, like, we had Movie Gallery, um, Blockbuster, and then Hollywood Video. So, like, one of them would let you rent for, like, five days, depending on, like, how new it was. Um, but we rented, I rented a Sega CD from the uh, Hollywood Video. And, oh, man. Uh, that was the first time I got to play that. But 32X, I didn't play that until, oh, God, it must have been, like, just, like, five years ago was the first time I got to play one. So, no, I didn't know anybody with one, so. Oh, yeah. Definitely relatable. Yeah, you don't just come across them very. I mean, I've been, you know, in collecting for. I've only been collecting for about ten years, but you know, I've been buy, sell, trade with games for sixteen, seventeen years. You know, and uh, you don't see them very often. You know, you don't. Yeah, I've been seeing this uh, Sega CD more often though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I I see those a lot more often for sure. I mean, to be fair, the Sega CD, the library is generally you know a lot a lot better. Um, but the 32X still has some games to offer. I always defend it. I'm I'm a big fan, so. Yeah, I've always wanted to play uh, Blackthorn on there. I mean, I know I can emulate it, but uh, I've always wanted to just wait wait till mm-hmm. I get a 32X and play it, and I wanted to play Black. I, I love that in the SNES. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great game, for sure. Yes, it was crazy to think where those prices are going to in today's time. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I collect for the Saturn... Forget about it. Like. Oh, geez. oh no, thanks. <laughs> I I love it. it's my favorite Sega system, but I'm like the collecting for it is just too much. And I, I don't know. I I'm it. almost at I'm almost at my. I mean, I got the you know, oops, I, I got the uh, pseudo Saturn Kai, so you know, yeah. I can I can burn them if I want to, but uh, yeah, I still try to physically collect for it whenever I can. And I'm not gonna name what games, but I was watching an eBay auction a little while ago. Oh man, I lost my lost my camera. <laughs> And uh, no I was like, I was like, oh man, my t- my top bid on this is gonna be about sixty five bucks. Mm-hmm. Man, that that it went to a hundred and sixty five. I was like, what? <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, I mean, what a time to be alive. Panzer Dragoon Saga is what over well over a thousand now, right? Like fifteen hundred, oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. The um. Hold on, let me let me fix this. This is gonna go messed up for a second. Oh, you're good. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the Saturn collecting—it's—it's it's a lot, man. I—I uh, I don't want to say I backed out of it because I'm not going to not collect for it. But well, I guess I'm kind of not. I—I do—I um, don't do emulation. I do the FPGA, so I have it modded, um, so I can mm-hmm. play those. But I—I I still want to have physical Saturn games. Just the prices and the the disc rot. There's like there's so many worries for me with Saturn and Sega CD that like I'm not hurting to collect for it i know my wallet is pretty happy that i don't do that so right <laughs> I, I feel like the sega cd it's you know it's a little easier i feel like you can get some some pretty good games still for you know pretty cheap obviously not the best you know not the best ones on the console but this i was thinking about making you know a, uh, you ever seen the hundred dollar game collection videos you know they'll do yeah. nes or snes i was thinking about doing one for sega cd you know it's not gonna be a lot of titles but <laughs> You'll get a few. Yeah, those are always fun to see, like what people kind of, you know, pick specifically. It's, oh, yeah. it's nice right. to see because everyone has different takes on games. Everyone wants, you know, to play something a little bit different. So it's mm-hmm. it's always cool to see when people do those different types of reactions and then it keeps going through the community. 
Yeah, I like those. And and you always like kind of respond to like the last person, you know, you've seen do it or whatever, you know. Like if you've seen someone else in another channel do it, you'd be like, you know, this is my response to blank, you know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. That's how I've seen it passed around anyway. Yeah, I've seen a lot of channels, you know, they'll, they'll say, hey, you know, so-and-so did a, a collection challenge type deal on here. And so they do right. their version of it and kind right. of pass it along to the community. Those are cool. I like this. Yeah, just but, to go ahead and jump into a couple more uh, comments. We had Mackenzie pop in. Always great stuff. We even had um, Jeremy say, great memories. Love hearing these kinds of stories. That was in reference to our older um, Atari Audio is real good, nice and clear. That's what Carl said. And then Jeremy said, we didn't know what we had for sure. Then <laughs> Carl said, LOL, this is so relatable. I only fairly recently got a CRT again. So as to play light gun, Sega light, phaser games again, haha, which are the blast. They know, are. Yeah, right. yeah, I love me some virtual cop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember games being so expensive when I was a kid. Like the games were around the equivalent of around a hundred to hundred and fifty US dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember ninety dollar new NES games. So there are many mm-hmm. that were expensive at retail. And then Carl was saying, I think you can get Road Avenger, Cobra Command, and Tomcat Alley fairly inexpensive for Sega Mega C D, but lots of other ones are way expensive. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Road Avenger's really good though too. I love the I love Road Avenger. It is. I even kind of like Tomcat Alley. It's it's like everybody's throwaway yeah. Sega CD game, but I think it's okay. <laughs> it is. It's like, it's like a fifteen twenty dollar game. It's 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 worth the you know it's worth the fifteen bucks. I think at least right. so. everyone with a Sega CD has Tomcat Alley and Sewer Shark guaranteed. Like. Oh yeah, that was my first. Uh, that was my first Sega CD when I uh, game when I started collecting the Sewer Shark. Yeah, love it. But what? Maybe. Sorry, I, I was just gonna say one thing. That's you know, it, they all the prices for everything is crazy today. But I would also say uh, today is the one time I've seen in my entire life where there's the most availability for mm-hmm. other ways to play these games as well. Most all of them, you know what I mean. So it, it, it comes, it goes both ways. You know, they they are harder to find physically, but they're also easier to get digital sense even if you go you know the straight port route or remake route on the consoles or any way like that you know these are your solution for, for right. all your problems i i will always you know praise these because you're playing the game you're still playing the game as if you had the physical cartridge in there you're not emulating oh so. yeah i love them yeah me too big fan even if you're just using them for like a uh, saving, you know, it's a if your battery goes out in your Sega Saturn, well, not your Saturn, that's a pseudo Kai card, but in your Sega CD for the Genesis one, you know, you can just use them for saving. Uh, that's how uh, I, I use it a lot for that. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, they they have a lot. Homebrews too. That's the other big thing. Homebrews, yep, all the yep. and even like uh, sixty four. There's not a lot of homebrews, but there's a lot of like hacks there's like um mm-hmm. uh what is it super mario 64 multiplayer mode i don't know if you guys have ever right. seen that before crazy yeah you can play two person right. super mario 64 it's insane so much fun for sure so another question what type of games do you enjoy playing and what systems do you enjoy as well um, you know, I, I like them all um i the same you know my favorite games you know are definitely turn-based RPGs, mostly on the JRPG side, but 
Yeah, I like all sorts of games. I play a lot of fighters, a lot of fighters, a lot of RPGs, uh, a lot of survival games too. A lot of different survival games. Uh, mainly, mainly retro nowadays, especially since you know I'm a father and I have a lot less time. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. way easier to hop on, especially if I'm playing it like on my Retron. You know, I got save states and everything. I can just hop on, play for a little while, save, hop off. But I definitely save save time for the longer games too. So yeah, definitely I'd say my favorite's turn based RPGs. But I like fighters and shmups, you know, all, all kinds of different games really. <laughs> like a nice little variety of everything. <laughs> I think we're all over the the spectrum of of uh, gaming genres as well. We I know right. me and her are very very passionate about fighters, especially you know like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and a lot of the big ones. Oh, yeah. But we we play we play everything. So I love that. I don't really play a lot online. You know, I, I always get people trying to get me to play online, and it's not really I don't like to. I just it's so much it's t- time consuming. You know, yeah. I mean, there's all there's always other things involved. You know, weight lobbies and you know updates and whatever it may be, and it's just so time consuming that you know I find myself being more you know unhappy while playing than I do happy. So I usually I usually stay offline for the most part, but sometimes I'll play something online. If I do, it's usually something that's still retro like TMNT Calabunga collection or you know the new Streets of Rage or something like that. So you're telling me you don't play your original Xbox or GameCube online. Is that what you're trying to tell? Uh, or or my Dreamcast. Or your Dreamcast. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind playing some Fantasy Star. Don't don't get me wrong, but yeah, I haven't hooked that up yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get to do a lot of online. I, I to be honest with you, I don't even like that's some not my go to. There's so many games on the backlog. It feels sometimes I almost feel like it's a waste of time or something, which I shouldn't feel that way because gaming's supposed to be for fun. But I right. I feel like I'm I'm like I want to make some progress on these you know story-based games that I really want to play and have been sitting there and waiting years for me to play or however long like I I uh I don't I don't do a lot of online like I used to so same way you know single dad as well so same deal very time consuming and then what are you currently collecting or do you just kind of like go through a little bit of everything I usually set like a few goals for the year like, uh, I'd like to finish off, you know, my Resident Evil collection this year. And when I say finish off, I mean, like, the mainline ones for the consoles. I'm not going for Gaiden. I'm not doing it. I've thought about it for years, and I'm not doing it. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because I remember, you know, probably 14 or so years ago, maybe a few more years than that, seeing Gaiden on eBay complete in box for, like, 30 bucks and scrolling on by. Like, <laughs> see... <laughs> But um, I only got a couple of games left. Resident Evil One, Long Box. I want to get the uh, controller, the Resident Evil chainsaw controller in the case, and uh, a couple more of the uh, Resident Evil Toy Biz action figures before that set's complete. And then I'm I'm gonna pretty much consider my Resident Evil set complete. But other than other than having a few small goals for the year, I'm kind of random. You know, I go you know, about like the other day. I went to a local pawn shop and they had a Wario Woods, real nice uh, for NES, a real nice copy of Wario Woods for like twenty three bucks. So I definitely picked that up, even though you know I don't really go for boxed NES games very often. Like, it's cool. So it's it's all over the place. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we both do as well. We're all over the place. All over the place. <laughs> Yeah. And the goals I do set, there's plenty of years I don't meet them. Just because it's so hard to stay focused. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to stay focused. 
Especially when you like a wide spectrum of video game stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to focus like- and finish this set, and then you see something over here, you're like, oh my god, that's really cool. Never seen that and it before. Really helps, it really helps to adjust what you're collecting, you know, for the market as well. So even though I may want to go for something, you know, one year, you know, try to go for some of the you know, bigger Saturn RPGs or something, which I've been waiting for years, and they still don't come down. But, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a good to adjust what you're collecting for, because some years Nintendo stuff's going to be higher than Sega stuff and Microsoft and vice versa, you know. So I try to bounce around based on what the market's doing as well. Very true. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And that's kind of what uh, Carl's saying as well. He can relate to the whole backlog problem. You know, I have stopped looking at my backlog. I will just jump in to some random game when I feel like it now makes me feel better. So I <laughs> guess it's just better to, you know, just play as you can go, collect what you're going to find, and, you know, just kind of go from there. Oh, yeah. That's 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 one thing that's been pretty nice about uh, doing you since I started doing YouTube videos. I always make like a pickups video for the games I picked up that month. And it kind of forces me to play each one of them that month so I can get game capture footage. So it's kind of been helping me keep my backlog, at least maybe not play all the way through them, but, you know, play at least uh, feel satisfied enough that I checked it out. You know, I had a good time, you know, it, it's been helping me with my backlog a little bit. So I thought that was kind of a funny, you know, side, side a caveat of, you know, starting to do content. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I want to hit a couple of these comments here. We've got um, Joshua saying, hey, all, I'm sorry I'm late and off the phone for a bit dealing with something. Hey, no worries, man. Uh, Jeremy is asking, he said, what advice do you all have for someone starting a collection and what is a more affordable console to collect for right now? Um, I can go last on this one if any of you guys want to comment on that. Oh, well, you can't, can't go wrong with the Wii. You know, they're still widely available, and, you know, even, you know, some of the better games on them are still, you know, very cheap compared to, you know, the heavy hitters on other consoles. And uh, if you get one that's backwards compatible with GameCube, I feel like you can't go, and they don't break down. I mean, I've seen some people put some weeds through some stuff, and they're they're very reliable. So I like yeah. I like the Wii's, you know. And it depends on what generation you want to go for. You know, NES is pretty affordable to collect for as well once you get to the console. Yeah, I agree. I my my Can suggestion I, for oh, go ahead, Brandy. Good. Oh, I was just saying, like with the Wii, I see a lot of those games out at the thrift stores. I see them on yep. Facebook. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. So many deals. You can get a whole bundle from some lady selling them for like. and it comes with like 20 some games it might have Mario Kart in there it might have another Mario or two title sure sales sports and just a variety yeah I would I would say um, as far as the advice part with the first part of the question um, I would only go for what you're going to play or have time for and that's how I start my collection like if you're starting you know from the beginning buy what you know you have time for but I say Mm -hmm. and I always say it um, if you want a cheap cheap consoles to collect for original Xbox 360 and Xbox One, Xbox One might even be the cheapest of the the three to collect for. I mean, games for those systems are incredibly cheap. Yeah, there's a few like real expensive 360 games, but there's only a couple like expensive original Xbox games, just a few. And like you're probably actually not going to care about those games that are expensive because they're nothing crazy. You know, there's like a uh, what is it? Which racing game is it? Coast to Coast? I can't remember on original oh, yeah, Xbox. One of those, yeah. yeah, really oh, expensive. 
Um, I'm talking about um, Outrun. Yeah. No, no, is out. Yeah, Outrun 2006, I think it is. On the Xbox? Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Stup- super stupid. Yeah, expression. picture the cover. I see the cover on my head. Yeah, me too. There, but there's like Xbox One. I pick up cheap Xbox One games even at GameStop. Oh, I'm yeah, talking yeah. like a couple mm-hmm. of dollars all the time. And I mean, it's it's a super cheap console to collect for. But all three of those, you can't go wrong. I mean, 360 games, a dime a dozen. I mean, they're not, you know, people are not like heavily collecting Xbox, which I think in the long run is going to be, you know, it's, I think Xbox is going to hit at some point where it's like really going to be collectible more than it is now. Like people are just not collecting it the way they do PlayStation and Nintendo. So the mm. prices are drop down right now. And I think that's the time to jump in. So. Yeah, and even what uh, Joshua is saying in the comments, he only collects what he likes and what he will play. So that's always good. You know, you don't want to just collect something just to collect it. You, sure. You want to collect things that you enjoy. And then you trade or sell whatever you don't want or you don't like. So, you know, you yep. can't always do that. Join those groups online, you know, right. Facebook. Buy all bundles, cheap bundles, you know, yeah. trades, right. that, that sort of deal. And always your your local game stores too, your local retro game stores if you have any nearby. If you know, especially if you build up a good rapport with them, they'll they'll usually give you a pretty good trade in value. Especially if you're trading for something that you want to get for them else yeah. that they have in store. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, yeah. Building those relationships with local uh, video game stores is always a positive for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, definitely agree with that. Yep, so, and then Joshua even says I got an. OG Xbox and Xbox One, I'm trying to get rid of, lol. Xbox One is a small issue. Gotcha. Yeah, yes. I think he's been trying to get rid of those for a while. <laughs> See, they're out there everywhere. They're so everywhere. People can't even sell them. They can't even get rid of them. But, I mean, seriously, the Xbox One, I think, even of those three, is like probably the one I would say go for right now because it's the last-gen console. People don't care about it right now, so they're yeah. dirt cheap. Nobody cares about Xbox One right now, so that's the time yeah. you collect. P- PS4s time. are still kind of expensive, but you can get a lot of good PS4 games on the cheap right now. The yeah, consoles themselves are still a little bit mm-hmm. pricey, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm seeing them, you know, at garage sales and pawn shops and everywhere. You know, PS4 games too. Oh yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of PS4 games that you know are like. I, I don't know what you would call it, just like AAA games that, you know, they're, right. they're so overprinted. You can get the games pretty cheap, like stuff like that, you know. There's, there's right. definitely... If definitely you happen to of, miss that miss that generation, you know, now is definitely definitely the time to hop in and start getting, you know, the PS4 and Xbox One generation for sure. Like. Absolutely. I agree with that. And then we have Jeremy saying, I love this podcast, and, and Carl said a little bit up, Oh, one thing I will say with watching Game Junction and Brandy's content, there are so many great games that you will mention that I have forgotten, which I will go off and play, which is awesome. So we do appreciate you guys watching and enjoying it and getting something out of, you know, our content. So we do appreciate it. That makes us definitely feel good. We talk about it all the time. So thank you, guys. And we do have some news over here as well. Yeah, let's dive into some news. So we have Pokemon Presents happened on Monday. So I guess one of the things was the premium Pokemon TCG Classic coming. 
Yeah, so it's like a, it's basically, they've done it like with magic. I don't know a lot about magic because I haven't played it in years, but it's basically like an adult collectible set of Pokemon cards. It's the first 150 cards. Um, you buy it as a full set to play the game and you get like a, a wooden board to play your card game in and they're like premium cards, you know, so like thick cards mm -hmm. to play with and. That's, it's that sort of cool. deal. It is cool. I, I imagine it's going to be very, very expensive, though. Um, but it's it's going to be... I guarantee that it's going to be an expensive collectible because they're they're not... They're, like, limited production for them, and they're, they're going to be, like, a pricey entrance fee, so... But I love the, the idea of playing, you know, having, like, premium good stock cards to play with those first 150 cards. I think that's really cool. I mean... Right. I, I love that idea. What we yeah. got uh, Looking next forward for to the... seeing a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Um, we also have Pokemon Scarlet and Violet expansion. Yeah. So they promised that. Yeah, yeah, they showed off an expansion. Uh, details. They we didn't get a lot of details, but they released the two, um, like sections of the the expansion packs. So there's gonna be like a part one that comes out in fall of this year, and then I think part two is. Um, beginning of Q1 of next year. So they're going to be like pretty massive stories from what it's showing. It's diving like way more into, you know, kind of the, everything that's going on within Scarlet and Violet going back and explaining some of the stuff that happens within the game. Like I don't want to spoil anything, but talking about some of the beginnings of that. And it's just like expanding upon everything that's going on. So people online are talking about, this is like kind of the biggest Pokemon story probably ever gotten. Um, and it looks incredible. So I just hope that, you know, the performance issues maybe get improved a little bit because I love the game. I'm right at the I'm like at end game now. Like I'm at the, the Pokemon League. So I'm right at the end game. But my lord, does that game not look pretty or run good. So that's all I'm gonna say on that. I've ta I've talked it up enough. Pokemon, get your stuff together. I love you guys, but come on, man. Yep, we uh, will hope for the best here. Yeah, for sure. And then and then Pokemon Sleep finally has a release date. Or they announced that, Pokemon Wait. Sleep. Oh, Pokemon Sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did either of you guys see that? I have no idea. What's that? I briefly saw a little bit, like with Snorlax, but I didn't I didn't fully um I guess expand into that. So they announced this in twenty nineteen and it's been like on hiatus. Nobody knows what happened to it. But essentially it's like a sleeping app that you can actually buy like a physical product for to set on your bed. It's, it's, it's super weird, but cool because like, I think what they're doing with it, like kind of makes sense. So they're going to incorporate it with Pokemon go with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, but it, essentially there's a, like an actual physical product you can buy that you set on your bed. And then in the morning it knows that you got up and you like set up and talk to Pikachu or whatever Pokemon that you have, like in this little, plastic thing that's on your bed um but they go you have like pokemon collected in the app and uh they like gain experience and stuff like that so you can check in in the morning how you slept and based on how you slept like it gives all your stats like you know i got this kind of like rim sleep or all that kind of stuff and and your pokemon get experience and do different things and you get like items i guess they didn't get like super in depth with it but the, i think the whole deal was 
it's been um, four years since we've seen anything else about it. So, like, that's the whole deal. They're like, whatever happened to this? Did it get scrapped? Like, Pokemon didn't address it. So, we actually got a release date. It's coming out later this year. And, uh, I mean, it's Pokemon Sleep. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know it's probably marketed towards kids. But how funny is this going to be? Could you imagine if you're with us? And you're I don't think it is, though. You got to have a phone. Married, and you go, sorry, honey, I can't sleep next to you tonight. I got Pikachu with me. Right. right. And you got to kick your partner out of bed or something just for this. I only I only wake up with Pikachu in my bed. Right. Every time you get up, it's like, Scyther, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to turn that off. I'm getting sick Scyther. of that. I'm like, no, it's not going. I've waited four years for this thing. The um, like physical product you can buy is actually not even... Um, like just for Pokemon, so it's actually a Pokemon Go. Uh, they announced a new Pokemon Go Plus, so it's called get get this. It's called Pokemon Go Plus Plus, and that's the name of it. Right. So, but it works for Pokemon Sleep too, so you can get it for Pokemon Go. And Not Pokemon real creative Sleep. at the uh, name department over there, Game Freak. Huh? No, no. Have they ever been? I mean, was Wii U really a creative name? Not really. <laughs> Game Freak has not been. You know, they're like, hey, you know, we've always done uh, the collars. Let's just be like, hey, let's do a sword and shield this year. Right. <laughs> like, we, don't, we don't mess with numbers, okay? Like, we, will yeah. name it, we will name it a word. Then and they come realize out with three they, of them. Yeah, and then they realize they messed up, and they're like, let's go back to collars. Let's do Scarlet right. Violet. <laughs> I love it. Everyone's laughing in the comments, too. They said uh, Pokemon Sleep just kind of seems like a waste. Uh, but hey, marketing. So that was Jeremy. And then he also said Scyther with like a laughing, crying face. And then Josh said, oh, my God, Brandy with a laughing, crying face. Right. It's got to be for kids. I don't know who a product like that would be for, honestly. Unless it's somehow, you know, they do like some jigglypuff to sleep, you know, type stuff on there. I don't know, but... <laughs> That was my first thought. I was thinking about that. I was like, why why don't they have Jigglypuff like put me to sleep and I wake up with like scribbles all over my Jigglypuff. face in the morning? Jigglypuff. <laughs> you put it in like your uh, your dating website like profile. It's like you and the little Pokemon. <laughs> like, hey, it just yeah. says like I gotta let you know, like I only sleep with my Pokemon Go plus plus because like Pikachu right. Pikachu needs some space there on the side of the bed. I'm not losing this experience. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They said, uh, hopefully, not someone you know you're trying to stay with long term, and they see that in your bed type of thing, or you have people come over. They're, hey, you're gonna get you're gonna get over it real quick. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's a make or break moment. Like, look, it's you or Alakazam for sure. Like, one, someone's got to go. Like. Every night you have to like tuck in each one. <laughs> if, you have, if you have animals, I'm sorry, but they're gonna be freaked out. <laughs> Imagine being the person that has to check your check that app every night before you go to bed, though. Like ser <laughs> seriously into it. It is kind of silly. It's it is silly. It's a, it's a weird thing, but I don't know. I think the whole thing was like they just finally gave a date for it, and it wasn't scrapped, and it wasn't like a joke or something because we never heard anything else about it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Way to fast track the big issues at Game Freak. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, everyone is laughing. So you have Jeremy's like, oh my god, I'm dying. Josh is saying, oh my god, Jigglypuff would be a killer. Oh my god, I only sleep with Pokemon. Alakazam wins 99.99% of the time. You can sleep on the couch, hon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
That's so funny. And so then we also got... Okay, it looks like we have Pokemon Bank and Pokemon Go being added to the Pokemon Scarlet Violet. Yeah, so um, they added... I think it already added with the update like right after. I could be wrong on the Pokemon Bank, but I know Pokemon Go because I saw it on there myself. Um, finally got added to Scarlet and Violet, so you've got interaction between those games. And obviously it matters with people. I mean, the Pokemon Go has been around for like... God, it was around the year... I think... Maybe 2015 or 2016. My daughter. 2015, yeah, like my that. daughter was born in 2015. I remember playing. I think it was that year that it came out. So, um, yeah, people have like massive, you know, progress and time in that game. So it's like a big deal for everybody. Um, Pokemon Bank. <clears throat> Explain the big deal behind that is that, and we'll dive into this in one of our topics. But the uh, the 3ds eShop closure with Pokemon Bank. So this is why it's a big deal, because now people have a way to be able to transfer, store their Pokemon. Because there's like, you have like maybe eight boxes in uh, Scarlet and Violet. It's not even enough for every Pokemon in the game. So um, it's like a big deal, plus transferring Pokemon from other generations and all the stuff that they probably they'll be doing in the future. So uh, Pokemon Bank is like a long-term product for people that are continually playing every Pokemon game. So <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. <coughs> For sure. And then we have the play is it the PlayStation 3 received firmware update 4.90? Yes. Yeah. Um don't I still don't know much info behind it. Have you heard anything, uh Mr. Cleese? Oh, I have no idea. Like I said, I don't even play games online. I'm surprised. Yeah, you know, the they're still supporting the PS3. You know, kudos to them. Yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently, it yeah, it's very weird. It was super random. Um, all I know is that it says basically like system, uh, it, like super generic terms. Basically, there's like firmware. They're like messing with something. It's like right. some some sort of stability update or something was their answer, but. People think it's like uh, probably to prevent people like hacking the system or doing stuff to the system. Right. Um, a lot of those are security updates, you know. Yeah. For people. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like what people are probably thinking it is, but weird drop, super random. Like I saw the tweet out and I was like, everybody on YouTube's talking about it. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Why is the PS3 getting an update? Super surprised, <laughs> but pretty pretty interesting nonetheless. So. So I knew they kept they kept some servers going. Like I think I think GTA Five is still going on the uh, PS3, which is oh, okay. which is amazing. Yeah, there's still there's actually a good bit of servers still up for a lot of those games. M most of them are down, but there are like I played which kill zone was it? I played the end of last year. I don't one of the kill zones on PS3 I played, and the servers are still up. So All right. I know that I know they closed the Raccoon City Operation Raccoon City servers. <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy we got um a couple co a couple more comments in here going back a little bit yeah, to I'm some of the others out. yeah <laughs> with my uh, Carl says with my luck I get Charizard and get burnt out of bed as part of the deal Josh said honey come on Psyduck, Psyduck runs it <laughs> maybe Pikachu will shock us awake I mean, Man, people love Pokemon. They'll probably sell 10 million of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> We'd all buy one. I'd probably we'll just be sitting right here the next podcast. I yeah. bet these things are going to be hard to find whenever date they're dropping. I guarantee you. <laughs> I remember the other ones. They sold out. 
people are scalping this. Um, yeah. Josh said 2016 release. Okay, so it came out. My daughter was born right at the end of 2015, so it would have been yeah around that time. Um, I'm surprised PS3 is still going strong. It's from Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Carl says I think the update was to do with Blu-ray keys for the PS3, but not 100 sure. I actually, mm-hmm. did hear that and I forgot about that. That is a big possibility. The Blu-ray keys are like a big deal to to be able to do that. So Jeremy said, "Oh yeah, GTA is." I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That blows me away. GTA Five, you can still play GTA Five online. It's wild. It's like never ending. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that's like the most that's like one of the most successful games ever. Like <laughs> I think it I think it is. I could be wrong, but I think it is like the most profitable or profited you know, like something they made the most money from that than like anything ever. So Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is I have never beat the story of that game. I've played maybe oh, three oh. hours the entire game. That's it. It's never, great. It's a great story. Never <laughs> got the last. The last I played, like all the way, I didn't even beat um, GTA Four. Never, never beat GTA Four either. So, well, I just speak tales to how how good of a game they are. When you know you don't even need to get near the storyline and still be fully entertained enough to enjoy it for years. <laughs> I agree. I although I do miss. Um, I absolutely love Liberty City and San Andreas. Mm-hmm. Those games are yeah. 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> yeah, and Carl's saying, can't believe that GTA 5 is 10 years old this year. That's yeah, crazy. that's crazy. Three gens of consoles for GTA 5. That's what Josh so is crazy. saying. So that is... That's crazy. A whole, you'll probably see that on this day in gaming. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw um, the GTA 5 like physical release of PS5 launched at like 40 bucks. And I saw it at my Walmart. I think I'm probably going to grab it. Because I think I do want to... I would like to at least say I beat the story of that. Plus, I know, I know it's a good game. I don't care about GTA Online at all. But um, it was like 12 bucks or something. I don't know why I didn't pick it up while I was there. I should have. It was like 12 bucks already. And it just came out a few months ago. So, pretty cool. <laughs> Weird price tag. Yeah. It was like eleven ninety nine. I'm like, what the... PS5 games are like that. I don't know There's, what the deal is with that. PS5 is so cheap to collect for. People are like, what? It doesn't make sense. The console just came out. It is the cheapest console I've ever collected for. And that is the only reason I have these games back here. Right. I bought two, has, two games new. That's it. Two games. It probably has something to do with, you know, there was such a big, you know, lapse. And, you know, when people could <laughs> readily get, you know, a PlayStation 5 that they probably made, like, a agenda to lower the prices on a quicker scale that way. They could get more money coming in, at least from the games, on a month-to-month basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff on PS5, too. There's, like, there's some bizarre games out there. Like, I mean, look at this. So, I don't know if you guys have seen this. So, this... This can show two titles games. This is 3D Billiards, right? 3D Billiards, obviously as shovelware as it gets. But there is a misprint, and the side says Panda Panda Hero Remastered. And I've got two of these because I know people are gonna people are gonna want that at some point. Nice. But I paid five bucks for it. I'm like, so is the is the Panda Hero a real game? Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't. I was wondering. (laughs) I don't have it yet. No, just got two. It's a terrible, terrible uh, billiards game too. It's awful. But no, I want to get that panda game because my daughter, when we go into GameStop, she's talked about it. I'm like, all right, I'll grab it when it's like ten bucks because I I don't want to (laughs) pay twenty bucks for that game. (laughs) I know it's gonna be a jank fest, but 
we actually got <laughs> that's funny. Jer- Jeremy says PS5 has a lot of random show where it it really mm-hmm. does. Like people don't know if you look on uh if you look online because you won't see a lot of it in the stores. But online, I see some of the weirdest stuff I've ever seen in my life for the PS5. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Carl says, uh, Brandon about GTA 4 always cracks up about, oh, I always crack up about, hey cousin, you want to go bowling? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joshua says, online kind of sucks doing heist, but that's it. I love playing it though, loading times kill it. Uh, Jeremy also said, that kind of sounds fun. <laughs> I mean, the Panda Hero remaster. Just go look up gameplay after this podcast, and you'll probably laugh. It's pretty wild. Uh, Millennial says my daughter plays Panda Hero on PS5. Yeah, that's funny. She wants to play that, so we're gonna grab. I'll I'll grab that at some point, and uh, maybe we'll have to stream it. She's streamed with me before, so we'll see. <laughs> some other things to look out for on the PlayStation Five. So LeBron James, there's a PS5 collaboration that was just announced. For the controller yes. and the PlayStation 5 console? No, not the console, but, like, the cover plates that um, oh. Sony sells on their store. So, like, you can buy those various colored, like, cover plates and, like, get the matching controller. Um, they're doing that with LeBron James. And it's got, like, I wish I could pull it up on here, like, quickly. Um, but it's got, like, it's kind of, like, scribbled all over sort of deal. Almost like yeah, it's, it's half graffiti cool. and stickers. and But it's, like, you know, it's actually the controller and the plates. And it... It looks kind of cool. It's just a weird collaboration. I don't know. I don't think there's like any like thing that he's promoting or anything. So it's like a random collab. But I mean, hey, it's another way to like you know dress your console up the way you want it to be. So yeah, because it it looks like just describing it, it looks like an all black controller. Yes. And then you have like this pink writing. It says nothing is given. And then of course you have so like the crown looks really cool because yeah. it it looks like it has all the different like controller like the little buttons on there. Yeah. And it's like part is of like the little tips. So that actually looks really cool. It says everything is earned, chosen ones, and then it has some other, you know, sayings on there. So I mean it actually looks pretty interesting. It looks like a cool little, you know, like I guess like colorful type of addition on just like a couple little images on the whole entire like black cover and the controller. So it it looks neat. Mm. I mean, I think it's cool just to have, like, all these different, you know, being able to dress your console up like you could with, like, uh, I've got a God of War, you know, like, the skins they would have for, like, the PS2 and, and, like, all that stuff. I think it's cool. Or the 360 base plates. Exactly. Yeah, it's like that sort of... There's tons, yeah. And I I think Mm -hmm. it's cool, so... It is weird. It's a weird collab. I don't know if, like, there's something behind it. I didn't see anything, but, hey, you know, it's pretty neat. Okay, nice. and then yeah, it says pre-order is later this year, so I would imagine yeah. that's. And then we even have, okay, Debug Magazine unveiled a magazine for indie games and developers. Yeah, so um, with that one, it is the guys that do um, Sega Powered Magazine, which I've got it sitting over there. I wish I could show the oh, one. Okay. Um, they do that. They do uh, Pixel Attic. I don't know if you've seen that magazine, but it's in their like sister magazines they do. And then they have there's another one they do too about like retro PC uh, gaming, like Commodore and and uh, not PC but retro computing. Um, but anyway, it's in that sister 
magazine and they just announced that and like they're going to be putting out demo discs and, and all kinds of cool stuff with those magazine issues. So it'll be cool to have like a, a showcase, like a a hard copy showcase for like these indie developers that don't get like, you know, they don't get shown off a lot. A lot of them just fall through the endless ocean of games coming out in these consoles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to have like that physical product and, and, you know, possibility for any developers like being a magazine. So could be pretty cool. Sounds neat. I'd like to maybe explore a little bit about that. You know, I'm, I'm always about, you know, seeing some of the different things instead of just everything that's so overplayed at times. <laughs> so I like to see a little bit more like creative Me type too. of stuff. So, so I'll probably look into that as well. Awesome. And then we even have Shadow the Hedgehog Reloaded mod being worked on. Yeah, so it's going to be like a, I guess from what I saw and understand, like a fixed version of the game with no issues. I saw it said running at like 4K 60. So it's going to be like, you know, a highly polished. I guess it would be similar to. Have you guys seen those like Ocarina of Time mods where people bring it up? Oh, yeah. Like an Unreal Engine. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to make. I think it's being made in Unreal. So it's going to be like something. Or Unity. Yeah. So I think it's going to be something along that line, which could be pretty cool. The Mario 64 one was pretty pretty awesome, too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, very cool. I think think it's really cool. They need to do it with Sonic 04, or Sonic 06. I know they've been working on it for years. So, like, it's out there, but it's it's still, it's been like 15 years they've been working on that. (laughs) So they started working on it a few years after that game came out. Yeah, I then, imagine um, it takes a while. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. And Jeremy's asking, did <laughs> any of us hear the rumors of the new Dragon Ball Z uh, Budokai 4? I've heard rumors, but I haven't seen anything substantial or anything. I've seen some fan art, what I thought was fan art, but I haven't really seen anything else beyond that. I'd like to see a Budokai 4, or, you know, Tenkaichi 4, like... Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about that myself. I haven't either. Uh, be cool, then, though. Yeah. Josh, yeah. Josh is even saying, my 360, I have had a Pittsburgh Penguin skin on it. Thought it was awesome doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. Customize your console. It's cool stuff. Uh, the skin in your console was, was real big for a minute around, I want to say around... 2010, 2012. I, I got a couple. A PS3 and a 360 that still skins. A lot of people were doing it back then, though. <laughs> I think I, that was like a thing for a while. It was, yeah. I never mm-hmm. skinned one of my consoles, but I've got like some sealed skin packs now. That's I got. So mm-hmm. I did a short on it. So if you want to go look on YouTube on the God of War two one, um, but I've got a few others I want to do some shorts on here soon. So I always wanted to get a Pokemon one for my GameCube, make it look like a oh. Pokeball. Have you seen the Pokemon XD one? Have you guys seen oh, yeah, that? There's yeah, like yeah. actual oh, yeah. official skin for XD. It's really really cool. Looks great in the Indigo GameCube. Yeah. yeah some of those are awesome. really cool. That don't they have like I guess some Zelda ones. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I got a couple of them, but they had like some issues or some part was like peeling up and I didn't want to keep it in my collection, so I ended up like trading it for something else, but they were definitely pretty cool back in the day. Some of those. Brandy, you are not a collector. Get out of here. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I beg to differ. 
I feel like collecting <laughs> is my life and everything else is just a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I only uh, sleep, work, and eat as a hobby, and video games are my life. Right. The other uh, stuff just gets in the way. Like, <laughs> oh, God, I wish I didn't have to eat, man. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> need to get back to the game. <laughs> I love it. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. I love it. And then we even have another, um, I guess, like our last news topic. Halo Infinite Forge now has one million. One million what? I don't know. That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one million custom, custom uh, designs or maps or something. I've never played it. But it was Man, like a significant... I think that's what it was too. I think yeah. it was something like that. Yeah, one of those. Like, like, it's not like a million failures. It's got to be good. Usually, it's a good thing when you got a lot of something. Yeah, I haven't played Forge Moon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let everyone else fill in the blank. Yeah, right. a million. <laughs> a million sales. Uh, that, that, that'd be a new podcast game. We'll start the he- the news headliner. You guys finish it. Like. Hey, I like that too. Like a couple of them, like, can you finish this recent news? And I just get like ab- absurd answers. Oh, it'll be a lot of absurd answers. I love it. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> exactly. You know. So right. we'll just go ahead and take a minute here. We do appreciate everyone stopping by today. You know, thank you guys for all following along, leaving the comments. We really do appreciate it. And we just wanted to say, if you guys wanted to support us, make sure you guys check out our Patreon. We do have links below. There's some extra bonus content that we provide. We have a whole bloopers reel for certain members and different tiers and things like that. And then we also have tons of merch dropping. So every so often we have a new creative design. We do have that on bonfire and then we even have a teespring that we're launching as well with other different types of merch so we just wanted to you know reach out thank you guys and you know just continue on so yeah we'll move into some topics now we have retro gaming in 2023 and beyond what do you think will change we'll have our special guest today um talk a little bit about that what do you where do you think it's going in the future and what do you think's going to change well, it definitely seems like it's it's been getting more and more popular over the past five years. Like it, I feel like it used to go up and down and up and down with popularity, but it seemed like the last five years, like it hasn't really had much of a stutter. You know, that's just my opinion from my observations. You have the you know retro community and sales and everything that I've made, but uh, it feels like there's a lot more people get into it, and a lot of people who are you know coming to age that were around back then, or even a lot of people who are just finding out about it now. I know plenty, a couple of different content creators that are like 19, and they they t- they teach me a thing or two about some retro game stuff that I didn't even know. I'm like, how did you find out about that? They're like, I'm into it. I'm like, okay, well, awesome. I love seeing that. I've always been a big, you know, get on my line type of perspective. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I you know the the and I, another thing I like, like I mentioned before, you know. It does suck with the prices going up, and if they do go back down, it's not going to be anything dramatic. So, you know, it would be nice, but realistically speaking. But, like I said, the availability keeps getting wider and wider every year, with being able to play more and more obscure games in a more easily convenient way for regular casual people to be able to adopt. And 
I like that. I think it's going, you know, going the right direction. I, I hope it, <laughs> I hope, hope, hope it keeps chugging along. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. I really hope that those prices would come back down, but I do like <laughs> that there are tons of people who are getting involved in the whole retro gaming scene, and you know, like you were mentioning earlier, with everything being readily available, there's just so much. I guess, easier ways to play certain things, Mm -hmm. whether it's like the physical cartridge. I think that's great because, you know, we don't want this to like ever die out. We want it to keep going on. And even though we all kind of like play a mix of new and old, you know, old stuff is like, it's where our like memories and those good old days are. So we don't want that to die out. Right. Exactly. And I like to see all the different things that are uh, going forward with uh, digital, you know, uh, collection preservations as well. Because, you know, let's say, you know, obviously you have the PS3, 4, 5 or their counterparts for the other brands. And years from now, the you know the uh, networks go down. You can't re-download your games. You know, people are taking you know Sony and Network and uh, Nintendo. You know, they're all taking steps. You know, to from further preserving people's uh, digital collections as well. So, yeah, it's not just a physical market anymore. You know, digital co- collections are definitely on on you know just on on par with physical. I feel like nowadays. Obviously, there's always going to be a price difference, but I mean, in the, in the preservation, you know, sense, yeah, you know, because uh, you know that that was a that's a big thing with people moving forward with some of the new consoles is you know games are so big nowadays they can't fit onto disc, you know, right. I mean, so they they just put download codes on disc because what are they going to do? Put twenty, forty gigs of a hundred and twenty gig game on disc? It's a waste of their money. They're going to have you downloaded, so. I feel like that you know these are all good steps for gamers if they're already looking into the preservation of digital collections and what people are going to be doing for their physical copies going into the future. So I like all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely agree. Definitely great. You know, seeing what um, Nintendo. I mean, you know, you can say what you you will about it, but seeing <laughs> what Nintendo does with uh, the Switch Online and just dropping like the GBA and the Game Boy Color and Game Boy games like. <laughs> They they also see, you know, that, hey, like, retro games are important. I don't know how much they see they're important. Like, just give us the freaking virtual console, for God's sake. That's besides right. the point. They know that retro retro games are popular right now. And my, my view on that whole thing is this. I've had this view for many, many years because I've, I've seen where, like, people's interest has gone back. So, like, this really started before, like, retro gaming as a whole got popular again. You saw the one generation um, want NES games. So, NES games, you just saw just those shoot up in price. Only NES. Like, nothing else. And then next, you saw Super Nintendo shoot up in price. And along that, you know, also mm-hmm. came kind of Genesis as well. So, some of the high-end Genesis games, like, went up in price. Um but you saw like NES games just shoot up. Like I can remember in 2010, I had Panic Restaurant. I got that game for like 20 bucks, and they were they were a dime a dozen. They weren't worth anything. And like you know, I I'm not even a fan of the game necessarily. I don't think it's a great game. Um, but some of those games, like they were they weren't anything. And then I remember seeing about 2012 to 2014, NES games just shot up. Just completely shut up. So the generation finally got old enough to buy back those games. So mm-hmm. you saw those games shoot up. They're like, I want to reminisce on my, my childhood. And oh, then yeah. the next generation did that with Super Nintendo. 
Then it went on with 64. And now you're seeing GameCube with like GameCube. I think, I think we're kind of at a decline a little bit with GameCube in my opinion. Now I think we're, I think we're going to be hitting Wii soon, but I think it's going to be a very few select titles that are going to be like really, really pricey. I don't think that, you know, we're not going to have this massive library of Wii games just like all completely shoe up in price. I don't see it like the way the NES did or, you know, Super Nintendo, where like there's millions of copies of like Star Fox and, you know, um, all the AAA games for those systems are like, there's millions of them. Same with Pokemon. Like there are more Pokemon games out there than any game franchise ever. And they're all expensive. Crystal, I mean, was one of the top selling Pokemon games for years. Like there's mm-hmm. millions upon millions of them out there, but still like $150 games. So um, I think that that's going to continue on. So we're going to see like 360 start to shoot up with PS3 with some of those games a lot, a lot higher than they are right now. Um, and I think they'll just keep going on every system will keep going on. So that's kind of my opinion on it. Like as people get older and can go back and buy a childhood, like they're like, I played all these games growing up. Like I had, you know, I love the 360 and PS3. We're just going to go up and go up and it's going to keep being a skip every generation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like they all don't keep going up crazy amounts though. I feel like the Wii U in the far future is going to have some pretty high collectability because mm-hmm. of its special, you know, game mechanics, and you know, it's going to be pretty much impossible to. It's going to be the Saturn. I, I, I can see it being right. like the Saturn for sure. Did, and we're already kind of seeing it, like Hello Kitty cruisers. Yeah, the weird right. ones. The weird like ones. Expensive. Yeah, that's like it's a. Like it's like a four hundred dollar game, and it's a horrible mm-hmm. Mario Kart knockoff. Oh, apparently it's like the best, so that's oh, why. My bad. There's a there's a few expensive <laughs> Wii U games. Real expensive. Oh yeah. Games. Devil's, Devil's Third, Third. Not even yeah. not it's like a very mediocre game too, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That that one, uh what was it? Shake Shakedown or something. That one's pretty Shakedown Hawaii? Shakedown Hawaii. I've, got, I've yeah. got that. I have that one actually. Is it did it go up in price? I don't know if it went back up. I know it was around a hundred for a little bit. I don't know uh, what it's sitting at right now, but that's, that, that's expensive for me. <laughs> I mean, it is for me too. Yeah, I mean, I I got it when they announced. Uh, actually, have you guys seen this? I don't know if you got. I'm gonna grab it real quick. I just feel like with its tablet, you know, the games are gonna be about impossible to port to anything on the con- on another console in the future without it having its own tablet. Really. True. They just put these out and. Uh, at the end of December for the PS3. Oh, okay. So yeah, these yeah. are the last the last PS3 games that ever be printed. <laughs> I, the funny thing is is that they can't even get everything that's been updated for the game onto the disc. So like you're already like getting a missing. You're already like not getting the full game and you like just can't get it. But I mean <laughs> How many people haven't already played the game, and how many people are actually going to play the PS3 game, like over the PS5 version? <laughs> I mean, probably not, right? Like, I, I know I'm not going. I'm not replaying these at all. But they're like twenty five dollars, and I'm mostly doing it because they're like the last console releases. So yeah, right. I've got on Wii U, 3DS, Vita. <laughs> like, do I need another copy? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Now, speaking of that, so we have collectors and preservation. 
Do the majority care about preserving game history? I think we've all kind of answered that a little bit, per se, you know, yeah. saying that it seems like we all kind of do, you know, care about all that stuff. And, you know, going forward, it's, it seems like there's a lot of us out there. So I don't think that we'll, you know, completely lose everything. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. You know, a lot of people hate grading and I don't do it. And obviously I have no part in it, but that's one thing that's definitely going to be cool about it in the future. It guarantees that. Whoever buys them or sells them or whatever later in the future, that there's going to be some pristine copies you can at least show somebody later in the future, you know, what the physical, you know, box looks like, a manual and all that stuff. Because the digital aspect, it's already set in stone. All this stuff's going to be preserved in one way or another, you know what I mean? Granted, a few titles with missing, you know, you know, origin code base, you know, aside, you know, a lot of them are going to be preserved digitally, but the physical preservation, you know, that's one thing that's kind of cool. Not even really grading, but at least preserving them in the acrylic mm -hmm. cases and everything like that. Yeah. I like that people are talking a lot because, you know, I would say 10 years ago, when a lot of people talking about preservation when it came to retro games, like, so it's awesome seeing this stuff nowadays. Yeah, and you keep mentioning, um, you know, digital aspects of preserving, which a lot of people don't really tend to think about that. But I think that's good. And especially with the closure of the 3DS and Wii U eShops, it's like, how do you, you know, kind of feel about that? Oh, it's it's very strongly. It's the main reason why I don't have a PS5 or Xbox Series X, because I don't want, want to get a console where I don't know if 15, 20 years in the future, you know, I'm going to be able to play my games. And I really don't want to have a, you know, a collection of hard drives on the shelf. You know, this is my A through five, you know, Z, you know what I mean? So that's what it would be if they don't do something. And they're, they're already doing stuff. You know, like I said, with the preservation of digital, you know, libraries online in different areas and whatnot. And, you know, people are talking about going to, you know, micro cards, you know, like, like Nintendo does. Not that exact type because, you know, they got the patent for that type. But, you know, different ones that can hold hundreds of gigs that way when you get a game you can just load it on you know from from the sd card or put it on your console then remove it and you can just reload it back from the card you know you won't have to re-download it off the off the internet you know yeah I, it's like it's so hard to say because we've already seen the issues like let's bring up scott pilgrim for instance right so that was like the biggest game that was talked about ever being lost and of course right. limited run put that out now now it's on like everything, and like we know we're good with that game. But for years, it got delisted, and we had no idea it was going. We didn't think we'd ever see the game again. We didn't know if right. source code was accessible with that. There were um, like trademark issues, all kinds of issue issues with music in the game because they were like you know uh, they used like bands and like different things like actual people's music, which is always an issue right. in games. Um, Music rights and stuff like that are a huge issues. So when you go and use like real people songs, like um, GTA, for instance, like bringing in actual music or right. Crazy Taxi or Jet Set Radio, all those games, those are like a huge issue for like the future of being able to play that game. So, mm -hmm. um, of course, companies like you can you say you can say what you will about said companies. Um, you know, limited run is like a hot topic as far as that goes. But the preservation side of things, like that is a preservation tactic. Most of those games are like on the cart or on the disc and there's no update. Not all of them. There's a few that there's been issues right. with. But like, uh, for instance, 
do maternal didn't get a, a physical mm. like switch port right like not port but didn't get the physical version of that right. game and limited run took it upon them to to make the money on that but they also at the same time gave you a physical copy of that game that people wanted and got canceled so like there's a there you know these companies are like a there's a good and bad to what like especially like limited run for instance um, you know, it's very much on the side of them when they started with the Vita. I'm like, yeah, I want this because I don't want to buy these digital Vita games. Like, I was a Vita collector for one. I really like the Vita, and uh, storage storage was a huge issue. Like, you cannot, you can't store a lot of games, even if you got like right. the highest memory card. You could put like 15 to 20 games on there. That's it. And so, like, it was a huge thing to have a physical copy to save space. And also, like, looking at it on my shelf. So, it's, you know, it's like there's a there's a balance to it. I think it could be done better with some of that stuff. But digital preservation, I mean, is a real thing, right? So, even um, as far as, like, being able to just have that game digitally, that gives access to people being able to put said game on, like, other devices and, you know, stuff like that. It it, there's a lot behind that. It's like a huge mm -hmm. in in-depth topic. So if I don't hear, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I know that's just, all in my head. I love the offspring, man. They're great. Yeah, Carl was saying, "Oh yes, with Crazy Taxi, the re-releases have all the cool songs stripped out." And then he said, exactly. "If I don't hear, yeah, 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 when playing Crazy Taxi, it just isn't the same." Right. And that is true. Yeah. <laughs> It is. And that's like even if you even get a re-release of the game. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's so many games now. <laughs> what like there there's something like ten to fifteen games come out a day on the Switch. A day on the eShop. Too many so, games. Too many games. So what do you do about that problem? <laughs> because if you made a physical of every one of those games Somebody would have to have an entire house to go for a full set for the Switch. You'd have to be like, yeah, it's my Switch house. Like, I go there right. once a week and pick a game to play. Like, <laughs> I, you can't, like, realistically make a physical copy of every one of those games. And, like, do you really want a physical copy of Clock Plus, plus Calculator on the Switch? Because I have that stupid thing. It was 99 cents, and it has a little mini game on it. Are you going to preserve that on a on a cart? <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Like, will I be able to access this clock in like ten years when I want to check the time? I mean, that's the that's a real question. So now, actually, speaking of Crazy Taxi, I actually saw something, and I don't know. This came out on on March first, and it says a new Sega survey asked about Crazy Taxi, Jet Set Radio, and more classics. So apparently, there was some sort of I guess survey from Bloomberg in April last year said that Sega is investing its extensive back catalog of classic video games and are currently working on reboots for Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio. And I don't know how true that is, but they did mention some like big titles in that survey. So speaking of Crazy Taxi, that would be pretty mm -hmm. cool to get some more information on, possibly right. something. Sega's like that. got Sega's got a lot of dead IPs they could they could work with. I mean, where's my new Space Channel 5, guys? That's what I want to know. Right? <laughs> and they're giving where, us where, a new uh, Samba de Amiga, though, for the Switch. That's like, cool Where's our see. next... Where's the next guys of Arcadia? Like, 
Yeah, we're never getting Very that. True. We're never yeah. getting a sequel to that. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people would like that. Oh yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. I would like that. Like, oh yeah, give me a new, give me a new. Well, they've been doing a uh, fantasy star. What was I thinking? Oh, Shining Force. That's what I was thinking. Of. Give me a new Shining yeah, Force. Shining game. Force. You know, even like different ones like Gunstar Heroes. You know, what I mean, okay. there's so there's so many good IPs that they you know, from the Genesis era that they don't mess with at all anymore. You know, when was the last Shinobi? Shinobi, Alex Kidd. Give me all those. Yeah, Carl know. was saying, bring back Alex Kidd. Yeah, there's yeah, so Alex many Kidd. great games. We did get. We have gotten a couple new Alex Kid things, but they're not like actually like brand new games. Yeah. They 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 are like re like an actual. I've got, yeah, I was, was playing that? one on that PlayStation Five. Yeah, I've got yeah, I have that one. It's on. I got it on PS Five digital, but I've got it on the Switch. So I paid five bucks on Amazon, guys. Don't sleep on Amazon if you're a collector. I'm telling you, <laughs> and there's deals everywhere. You just have yeah. to. Like this I said, everything else is a hobby, and games right. are life. <laughs> I was that way at one point in time. I wish, I mean, let's be real. Like, it's it, you got to get a, a good balance. That's that's. I'll just say that. Is I'm trying to make a good balance. Right. <laughs> I'm trying, <laughs> guys. Right. Come on now. I'm trying. Work with the games. Joshua the games. was saying that I could house it, talking about like the whole entire like the switch. Games. I'm a little. I'm a little tapped out and. In in a few years, I need to to upgrade my house here. So let's, I, let's I, I'm, we're saying it here. I th- I I think we're like trying to we might launch a museum. So stay right. tuned. It might be like ten fifteen years, but we'll see. Yeah, it I might have it. to be um, much sooner, and then I'll just sleep at the museum. <laughs> right. be, be like night at the museum, man. All these games come to uh, life and stuff at night. And you yeah, get, that, get, would, get, that would be crazy. <laughs> there'd be there'd be no one better to stay there. You can tell show everybody to everything they want to see. You know, like Brandy's luck. It would be you know ghosts and goblins, and she starts losing her armor, armor running away. Right. From all the, <laughs> the run. The whole of was like, oh no, people boxers. <laughs> it's a hard game. That's a hard, really- very hard. Can you make it past like the first little thing before he starts like hopping on the water? I can't even make it past that first little section. There's a good phrase they put out for that, and it's called "get good." <laughs> Rude. <laughs> on that note, there is a Resident Evil Four remake later this month. Did anyone yes. pre-order the collector's edition or the game at least? Collector's edition, not yet. Have to. Oh, this have to. I I don't have it yet, but I need it. No, but I'm. You have the other ones that I missed out on. All the other ones. Yep. This is the only I one I've gotten three. besides. What does the the collector's uh, edition come with? The statue. It? Is it a statue again? Yeah, a really. It's Leon. pretty cool, like Leon statue. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really awesome. I like I've always wanted that that uh that house, the collector's edition. Yes. For, uh, you yes. know what I'm talking about. It's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I don't go for collector's editions too often, but there's a few out there I wanted. I still want that uh, Metal Gear Rising one. That one's awesome. Metal Gear Rising, yes, that is my the favorite Metal edition. Gear game. Oh my god, I want it so bad. It's my yeah, favorite sword, Metal Gear the, game. Yeah, Which game, one? The little light up thing? Yeah, yeah. with the sword. I have I want, that. No, yeah. Every time <laughs> I say awesome. that there's something I really want, Brandy has it. So you know what? There are a people trying to get it from me, though. I have a, a few... Very passionate collectors of 
you know, Metal Gear games. They are trying to get it. I was half tempted to maybe sell it, but maybe I won't. I don't know. They're, they're yeah, not don't, because if you're going <laughs> to sell it, then I'm, you know, I'm I'm searching. So hang on. You got like a whole list, though. There's like a whole whole. You list do too, right? <laughs> you got one too. It's probably longer than mine. Yeah, <laughs> I've tapped out on some of the stuff for now. I'm like, I can hold off on this. Like, let's be real. I stopped <laughs> the the Vectrex collecting one because I've got like three different carts to play the entire library plus another like 400 homebrew games I can never play the all of. So I'm like, let's, let's be right. clear. I tapped out of that. I tapped out of the, the virtual voice set. Like, there's a bunch of stuff I cut out of the list. Cause I'm like, I've already got ways to play all these like on the console. Let's, let's just, you know, right. Chill on the super Nintendo and 64 for now and stuff. So I cut some stuff out. Yeah, well, that's that, that, that's part of the journey, you know what I mean? You're going to decide what you want to keep, what you want to cut out, you know what I mean? I once I've was a collector way. that had four shelves of PS2 sports games that I would never touch. So, I've <laughs> I've had my bad I've had my bad years of collecting, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I've been waffling on the 32X for a long time. <laughs> I had a full a 32X set and I was and most of those are not great games so that's why i've been that's why i waffled on it for so long i was like i don't know because i'll see one and it'll be a pretty de- decent price but like do i really want to go down that road i just i haven't decided yet yeah everybody's got to make that decision like if you got the, if i had here's the thing if i had the first of all the space is a big thing right right if i had that space if i had the money and the time to hunt those down i would do it i mean that's all there is to it but when you're limited on stuff, you got to work with what you got. So, right. would I rather have a wall of Super Nintendo games when I have one cart that plays the entire library, or would I rather put up some PS4 and PS5 games that you don't have a cart or one disc that plays them all? And I can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's just my like that's where I'm at in my collecting. Like very true. Yeah. So you, you, with retro, it just depends if there's like a special edition or like I don't know. Let's let's say for instance. There's like certain games you've got to have like an accessory for or something. Then I want the physical of that because like you know if it's a, I'm trying to think of something, somebody right. amigo or something like that, mm-hmm. something right. like that where you've got to have like you know physical thing for or or whatever. Then Game I want it. microphone. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like so, I want the physical. You know that that sort of. Well, to be fair, my my peekaboo. I don't I don't have to have that. So I got the microphone. I don't need to have the game. It was the same deal with um, <coughs> Fantasy Star Online 1 and 2 Plus. I had that Plus version, and it goes for like $200 now or something. And so I did the peekaboo, and I'm like, do I need to hang on to this? Not really. <laughs> so I sold that, and in place, I got some like Switch game. Uh, I got some limited run Switch titles that I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. Come, you know, there's like a special edition or something. I can justify the, the physical for that because you can't have a digital. Like physical goodies, right. sort of deal. So that's that's where I'm at. I always think it's funny when you like go back in your collection, and you find something, or like you know, you know somebody, and then you find something that they didn't know they had. Like I was at my friend's house a while ago, and I was looking at its Ocarina of Time, and it was the uh, not for resale version. I was like, uh, you know, that's the not for resale version, right? He's like, yeah. Was, What's that mean? I'm like, it means it's worth a lot more. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means I'll uh, trade you this game for it. Hey, <laughs> I'll trade yeah, you I'll tell two Ocarina of Times. <laughs> yeah, I'll trade you Ocarina six. Of 
<laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty cool because you know, cool. I found out about that years ago. And a lot, not, a lot of people don't know all the little ins and outs and things, you know what I mean? So it was kind of cool enlightening him about that and just, you know, finding all the different odds and ends things you find while collecting across the years. Like, I seen that Sega Pads thing you posted there. That, that was awesome. Like, I was like, that is so weird. <laughs> yeah, this this was like the craziest story. So after like a long day, you know, going out and got a grocery shop, you know, do adult things. Right. So I was like, let me swing by the thrift store. So I walk in, I look over at the game section. They have like three or four copies of sports titles. And I'm like, ah, whatever. Mm. And there's like a guy holding a couple games. And I'm like, oh, did he get lucky? So I leave, I go over to like the toy section. I'm looking at the board games and I see Sega and I was like, oh my gosh. So I like grab it. And as I'm grabbing it, I'm like, everything is content. And I take a video and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, it's in there. And I I, like (laughs) peel back like the little like tab and I look inside and all of the plastic baggies are in there. And I'm like, this looks brand new. It was brand new <laughs> in the box. And I'm like, there's no way. And I had a $5 off coupon. So I got it for like less than $10. And I was like, oh my gosh. Listen, that's really cool. Hey, I, I want to add real quick because I had, I just got four messages about this. We just an hour ago confirmed it's, it's everywhere on Google. Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 4 is real and officially confirmed. Trailer is dropped. So it just dropped one hour ago. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. (laughs) Well, you actually, you know, I'm reading it from Forbes. I don't know why Forbes is covering this, but it's all over. So that's super cool because I freaking love those games. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. (laughs) Yeah, live on here. We didn't know if it was real, but it is now. (laughs) Character roster to come. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There is a trailer for it, though. So if you want to check it out after the, the podcast... Maybe right. we can share it on the socials or something so you guys can see. Yeah, it, we'll, so. we'll probably do that. Yeah, yeah, I love the thing I cheese. I'm more of a 2D Z fighter. I like, I like, I kind of gravitate more to the 2D Z fighters. I got the Tenkaichi cheese. I love them, but I, I like the 2D ones more often. I think. Have like, you played uh, the ones Super... on Famicom? They're not. Uh, they're not, they're not good, but they're 2D fighters. I, I played one, but I couldn't tell you which one because it was in Japanese. Like, yeah, you know, but yeah. I definitely had one. Yeah, you are talking about where the, the screen would move up and down yes. with you. Yeah, yes. I know exactly Terrible. what you're talking about. Horrible, <laughs> but you wanted to be good, right? Because like an eight bit Dragon Ball Z fighter sounds right. great. And the animation itself looked okay until you started doing stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> it looked great. It didn't play good. <laughs> Uh, another one that was pretty funny from back then was the uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z GT Final Bout. <laughs> oh, yes. On PS1? The, I have that. Yeah, on the PS1. It came out in the States, and like the Saiyan Saga was just now playing for the first time on TV, and I went to the Blockbuster and rented Final Bout. I'm like, who are all these characters? Like, right. They're all, I like they're that all game. It's not great, I, but I'm very yeah. nostalgic for it. I like that game. You can do multi-person fighting and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that game. I'm big, I, it, I love the Dragon Ball Z fighters, especially with this new Dragon Ball. I've not gotten to play a lot of it, but the uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, it's a mm-hmm. beautiful. It looks like you're watching an episode of the anime. That's how good. Yeah, it looks. yeah. Fighters, it is, Fighter Z is awesome. It is gorgeous. So and it's dirt cheap. It's, like, dirt, it's so you get cheap. for like five ten bucks at GameStop. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You got you, you got a coupon. You get it for two bucks. Like. <laughs> Give it to yeah. you for free. Gosh, <laughs> we got like 16 copies. Just take it. 
Imagine and the, if GameStop and the, was that way. Yeah, and the whole that. game is on the disc. You can't beat it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm, I, this sounds great, though. I'm excited that they're actually going back to Budokai. That's kind of a big deal. Right. It's been 16 years since we've got a Budokai game, it says. So that's a pretty hey, big hope, deal. Hopefully, they if they make a you know a huge roster, it'll take some of the cushion off of the price of you know Tenkaichi Three. You know what I mean? Because that game is stupid expensive. It is, and you know what? I just thought of like the success of Dragon Ball Fighters. Like that game has done remarkably well. Like there are you know reoccurring. There's people that just play that game, and it's yeah. done very very well. So the fact that they're going back to Budokai after that, instead of like right. making a sequel to that, is kind of a big deal. To, you know. Well, I, I think a big part about it is, you know, they when it came when you got to three, when it came to the Tenkaichi, the 3D fighters, um, <clears throat> they're not really competitive based. You know, there's a lot of different tactics you can do to really just corner someone and just nail them over and over and over. When it came to Fighter Z, they really, you know, seen when they developed it, it, it had competitive play in mind. You know what I mean? So. uh It'd be nice if they kept that in mind, you know, for this one as well. Because if it's going to be 3D fighting, you know, 3D, you know, we can move all around. Hopefully they, they you know, kind of correct some of the mistakes from, you know, Tenkaichi 3, where you could just spam certain moves and, you know, lock somebody into a, a, a sequence that they can't get out of, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward to look it. up a little bit more on it now, too, and see. See what they say about it. I think, right. think that would be pretty cool. Well, it's going to have to have a huge character roster if it's going to be, you know, comparable to the ones that came up. I didn't play the one for 360 and PS3, though. They had, like, an ultimate Tenkaichi or something in the 360 PS3 era. I didn't play that, so <laughs> I can't speak on that. But uh, I know the, one, the th- third one for PS2 had a huge, huge roster. Yes, it did. Yeah, I, I played... Um... I think it's Tenkaichi 3 on the Wii the most, actually. Like, I've had yeah. both versions of the game, and the Wii version is actually... It has additional characters. And uh, mm. you can just use the classic controller Pro, too, and play like a mm. normal controller. And those controllers are super underrated. Those controllers are really... They're, they're good. The, the classic controller Pro has the grips, right? So you got the classic controller. It's like the oval. A lot of people don't even know there is right. a pro controller for the Switch, but or, the Wii. <laughs> but it, it's a great controller. It's really, really good. Like definitely, if you uh, if you have a big issue with uh, the motion controls or the Wii controller itself, we just had a video drop yesterday on the Wii, and I talked about it in that too. But if you do. There are tons of controller options, guys. Like, there's a lot of them. The Wii might have mm-hmm. more controller options than anything I can think of besides, like, you know, maybe, like, PS4 with the amount of companies now. But the Wii has a lot of controller options, so definitely look into it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then another topic that we have. <laughs> the 60 and the 32X deserve so much more and the failure of Sega. So I know that we were talking a little bit like pre-show about this, so I guess we could jump into it a little bit more. Oh, man. I'm a huge fan of Sega and have been for many years, and uh, it it, it goes both ways, you know what I mean? Because back in the day after when the Genesis hit, they were on fire, you know what I mean? There was nothing, nothing stopping them, you know what I mean? And then the Sega CD happened. 
and then the thirty two X happened. Yeah, and the, the the Saturn was awesome, but the uh, um, integrity in Sega's you know consumers had been shaken so bad that even though like people are just now finding out today, the library for the Saturn was amazing. That people, they just didn't really sell enough consoles that they needed to. You know what I mean? So. They 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 hurt themselves a bunch, you know. There's tons of you know videos all over YouTube, you know, in depth story about it. But I feel like it's the the library of uh, the Sega CD and the Saturn and the Dreamcast, you know, speak for themselves. You know, I can't like I I don't speak for the 32X. I I'm not very versed in it, but uh, I know there's a few awesome titles on it, but. The libraries speak for themselves, you know, and people are just now finding out that how, how cool and some of the games are for them titles. And like I said before, uh, Sega really shot themselves in the foot, you know, when it came to they they abandoned so many platforms that you know the cut the, the the consumers didn't they didn't know what to do, you know. And back even even me back then, I'm like man, Sega Saturn, like you just you just came out with something. <laughs> yeah, do I get the 32x or do I get the Saturn? That was kind right. of a deal. They came out like lot. right at the same time, <laughs> and they had a surprise launch for the Saturn in the U.S. Like, <laughs> you can't write this stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was just awful. But yeah, you know, it's, it's cool now seeing people really, you know, uh, respect the libraries for the consoles. Yeah. But really, it was the fact that you know we were buying the consoles back then this is why the dreamcast failed you know it's not that you know it was a bad console itself or that the library was lacking in any way it was just that the integrity and the consumers had been shaken so badly by sega's decisions leading up to that that they didn't sell enough consoles <laughs> yeah and I, I see all the time people are like when am i going to see a dreamcast too you know when's sega going to make another never. console <laughs> never. Well, never. Well, never it would take it, they were never a big company like Nintendo. People compared them to Nintendo back then, and they were never, you know, a, a big Fortune 500 company like Nintendo. They were always a conglomerate with other companies, you know, being able to produce the games that they did. And, um, you know, <laughs> when that finally fell apart, and was it 2001, 2002? When they yeah, stopped making yeah. games for the Dreamcast, the final game was made, something like that, and they went full software, then... You know, the, the the final death nail had been put into the coffin when it came to Sega creating consoles. And I don't I would love to see them do a collaboration or something like that. I feel like that would be something that's more realistically, you know, yeah. because they have so many dead IPs. And if they get in you know, with somebody that has more money, we could see some of these games brought back, you know, what I mean, or sequels or whatever it may be. But uh, yeah, looking back at, you know, you know, Sega CD 32X. Their libraries definitely deserve more than because yeah, you know obviously everyone speaks of Sega CD as a failed console add-on whatever and it was but the library was not you know yeah. so yeah, yeah that's people don't know that people... Sega only ever made money on the Genesis they lost right. money on the Master System oh uh, yeah we didn't even get the SG one thousand here so going back even that far. Everything mm -hmm. else lost money. Sega CD, 32X, Saturn, Dreamcast. Everything lost they, money they, except Genesis. I was sad last year when they sold their famous uh, arcade in Tokyo. Yeah. It's been open since like 82 Forever. or something. And before. then yeah. Namco, Namco Bandai bought it too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, pretty crazy. Such a sad time. 
I know. Like, I love <laughs> I love Sega too, but I always feel like uh, I'm never saying very much good things about them. <laughs> it's hard to at that era, right? Like Sega yeah. America could not get along with Sega Japan. They didn't get along. People, you got to dive into the story, but they did not get mm-hmm. along. So that is why they thought they should still continue the Genesis. So they mm-hmm. made the 32X. You know, Sega America is the one that that created the 32X, and then. Japan launched the Saturn, so you got like two different, you know, yeah, right. console add-on that plays exclusive games, and you got the Saturn in Japan, and that was and immediately it, failed here, you know. So, I know a lot of people be- uh, who nowadays would be like, "Oh, I wish I was around back then, so I could just go buy up all the Saturn games." It wasn't really like that either when it came to Saturn games. That they were not like fully stocked. You know, you go to EB Games, yeah, KB Toys. You know, there wasn't very many of them. And, and when it came to importing Saturn games back in the day, forget about it. You'd spend 90, 110 bucks, import a game, barely know what you're getting because you're reading online forums from dial up <laughs> and, and get it. And it might be, if you got a shmup, most of the time they were fun. But sometimes if you got like a fighter, they weren't always that great. <laughs> There's right. some not very great fighter, and you don't spend 110 bucks to get it. So. I've heard some horror stories when it comes to this uh, import Saturn scene in '99 and whatnot, but uh, you know, <laughs> it wasn't as glamorous. I, I like to say that it wasn't as glamorous as people like to, like to make it out sometimes. You know what I mean? Because right. <laughs> yeah, I, I go to all the stores. And I don't. I don't remember seeing big, you know, big sections of Sega Saturn and Sega CD. It might be a few, you know. Like. Yeah, and we often forget too. I guess like other areas. So Carl is saying. Master System did super well in Europe, Brazil, and Australia, New Zealand, where I'm from. Not the biggest markets, but they still made money here. Oh, yeah. I guess that is something. They're still producing Master Systems in Brazil. I don't know if you guys know about that whole scene of stuff. They're still making physical Master Systems in Brazil that are going for, like, aftermarket stupid money. So... Just, just, it's it is very interesting. Yeah, there's a company I'm trying to think of the name of the company that has worked with Sega for years now, but they essentially release the consoles um, under that name. But they're they're you know they are like official console releases. So it's like a whole. Are they like are they new homebrew games? Or are they just no? They're actually like consoles. Like they they're still producing masters. Right? Are they consoles. are they still still producing games too? Um, yeah, Tech That's Toy. Weird. He said it. Tech Toy is the company. In okay, Brazil. So go. yeah, they're still producing huh. those and Genesis. They or That's... it would be Mega Drive there, but yeah, right. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, Brandy, we got uh, anything else for tonight? No, I think that was it. I'll just go ahead and let you, um, if you want to plug anything or let people know once again where they can find you at, if anyone wants to. You know, pop on over after this. Yeah, pretty much just at Mysticles on YouTube, M Y S T A C L E S, Mysticles, and uh, Retro Gaming Channel. I post, you know, new long form video and shorts every week, one stream a week. Come check me out. Yes. Definitely. So we will go ahead and, and leave some information, you know, down below in our description as well so that anyone watching can go ahead and, and check that out. And once again, we do appreciate everyone for stopping by. You know, please check us out on everything that we leave in the description below. And we'll have another podcast next week. We have tons more content, you know, coming out throughout the week. And once again, we we thank our special guest tonight. And 
Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. All right, everybody, have a great night. Thanks again, Miss Glees, for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure.